And a good Saturday morning to you on this, well, weekend of the two biggest Louisiana fishing rodeos been going on and continue through the weekend. The Alabama Deep Sea Rodeo is in the books, and, boy, I got some good results, and they sold 4,200 tickets. Had quite a crowd down there on Dauphin Island, and some of the highlights include a 61.36 King Mackerel by Team J Rooster, uh, the Red Snapper for the $1,000 cash prize that was caught by Excavator, I believe is the name of that boat, 23.04. The $100 Speckle Trout Stringer, Wayne Ladner, 13.85. A huge swordfish, 232 pounds and uh, some change caught by a team fishmonger. A lemon, I'm sorry, lionfish, and this is kind of an outlaw species in the Gulf. It's got some venomous barbs on it, but I'm told they're pretty good eating. They try to encourage people to catch as many as they can, and the team Alabama Jammin' did just that. They caught 249 of them, and the second-place team only had two. So they blew away the competition, really got into the lionfish. Also, the here's a big white trout that came in, 4.48. Haven't seen one that size in quite a few years. Congratulations to Connor Smith. And, again, we got two rodeos going on this weekend, uh, one on the Venice Marina. That's the Venice uh, Faux Pas Tournament. And then the gold, the Grand Isle Tarpon Rodeo, the oldest saltwater tournament in the world, is taking place this weekend at Grand Isle down at Tarpon Pavilion. And we'll have some results from those for you for next week. We'll also have some details on more rodeos and other events, including those CCA banquets. I got to go to one Thursday night uh, here on the North Shore, my chapter in Mandeville at Gastine Center in Pelican Park. Sure was nice seeing some old friends I hadn't seen in a while and also meeting some new listeners of this show and viewers of Bayou Wild TV. I encourage you, if you've got a CCA banquet coming up near you and your chapter, try to make it. Well, Louisiana has reached nearly half the quota of red snapper that's been allocated. We'll look at the numbers and try to guess as best we can when that total might be reached and then close until next season. And to this week's listening pleasure, we will present the case of the alleged crab rustler. And if he's convicted, it'll be his second time around. It's what we call the bad boys of the outdoors feature. Also, next two weeks, uh, we got some special programmings. I'll tell you why these are classified as special editions. And, of course, as always, we'll have some live called-in reports from our staff of professional marina owners, operators, guides, journalists from all along the Gulf Coast to help you find the fish and what you do once you find them. Also have a bit of news out of Florida. We're proud to announce one of our sponsors, uh, Products, has been named Best of Show at ICAST. It's uh, called the Gilly. We're going to talk more about that. Also let you know where you can see a picture of it. And when you text the show this morning, I'm going to ask you this. Tell us if you could only fish with one artificial freshwater lure for the rest of your life, what would it be? What is your go-to freshwater lure for all time? And tell us who you are, where you are, and what you got going on. Our text number is 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. Looks like we may get a, a little bit of a break in this rain. And, boy, I tell you, we're on the way to setting some records along the Gulf Coast. Only rain I see on the radar right now is on the southern end of the Chandelier Island chain. And it's moving kind of south, maybe a little south-southeast towards the tip of the boot uh, near the mouth of the river on the opposite side by southwest past offshore i see a little bit of a light storm there and then further out in the gulf there's some light rain but other than that uh, the map is pretty much clear let's hope it stays that way gonna be a hot one out there 
make sure you take all your summertime precautions. Uh, you know, bring the uh, certainly the bug spray, but you want to have your, uh, you know, the, the, the water and the ice and maybe some of those sport drinks with nutrients in it. going to be real hot, particularly for those of you who are going to be in the offshore area today. And make sure you got a good pair of sunglasses, floppy hat, and flappy hat that is, and, and certainly sunscreen too. Is part of the standard uh, equipment you need for these summer days, dog days of summer, which are certainly, if not here, will be here soon. And coming back soon, right after this, we're going to talk to Robbie Campo. We'll take our little trip down to Shell Beach, get a fishing report on the St. Bernard area, and a whole lot more. Right after this, on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And every Saturday morning about this time, we get an update on the fishing and weather conditions down around the St. Bernard Parish area, also bait availability, and Robbie Campo at Campos Marina does that for us. Good morning, Robbie. Robbie, have you been able to spot any of those storms that are uh, crossing the chandelier chain? Looks like they're headed down south and maybe breaking up a little bit, but still quite a ways from the marina there. You know, Don, on my ride down this morning, I saw some real high clouds with a lot of lightning in it. And um, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out this morning. So, but, um, you know, uh, where I'm at here at Shell Beach, it's it's pretty calm. we got a little light, uh, I would say a west-southwest wind blowing right now. Um, uh, it, it's real light, maybe two, three miles an hour. It's hot. Uh, yeah, I heard you talking about being hydrated today. Stay very hydrated. It's going to be very hot out there. Have all your all your stuff that you need. Bring rain gear, people, because yesterday was the first day we didn't have rain, but we had rain 41 consecutive days in a row. And with that said, you don't want to go out there and get wet. Rain's falling from way up top. It's cold. You know, you you know, don't don't want to get wet. So anyway, bring that with you, but make sure you stay hydrated, most importantly. Get to fishing. Fishing was pretty good around around in the the Shell Beach and, you know, Area right here, uh, uh, down in the lake, um, I caught some beautiful fish right here by the fort, by the Lutz Canal, you know, down on the eastern shoreline. Uh, this past week, it did really well. I would have to say, with a southwest wind blowing or a west wind blowing, you might have to go the other way, going towards the stumps or going, you know, toward Proctor's Point today. That, but you know, nevertheless, um, the usual spots are over in White Log and. Comfort Island and the rocks was good and behind the dam was really, really, really good. So with that said, the bigger fish are still at the islands and the outer outer wells, you know, going to Central Holy Cross, going out out in the sound out there. Just be careful, watch the weather. You don't want to go out there and get no five or six footers and wind up in trouble. Um, uh, bait availability, Don, if anybody's coming down this morning to Campos or you're coming down this way, Stop and go see Tony Cucci or stop and go see Bait Incorporated. We are going to run out of bait this morning. Uh, I've been serving bait here since since uh, quarter to four this morning. And, you know, we have plenty of charter captains out today. And, they, you know, they're buying it. They're buying it as fast as we catch it. So, with that said, stop and get some bait if you're going to come down here. I don't. You have an opportunity to get it. I don't want anyone to be without it. And, these guys could use your business. so And they're good friends of mine, and I don't mind doing it for them, and they need it. So stop and go see those guys over there, either either David Dixon or Barbade Inc., or go see um, or, or Jimmy Dixon, Barbade Inc., and go see or Tony Cutchie over by Gulf Island Marina, where he, used to, where he is over there. Um, 
you know, other than that, Don, if you're coming on down, come on down, see us. Hope the left, come see us, and we got you. We're gonna get you in the water. We're gonna get you going. All right, Robbie. Sounds good. Thank you for the report, my friend. We appreciate it as always. All right, Don. One more thing. I, I don't and I look, and I don't get paid to do this, and I don't, I don't get nothing out of it. People need to have a CETO membership. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't get anything. I love Christian and Colleen. They're good friends of mine. People have been breaking down down here left and right without a CETO membership. Get one, people. $179, best insurance policy money could buy. Just get you one. So, and I, I'm leaving it at that. Talk to you later. Talk to you next week, Don. <laughs> That's some very wise advice. Thanks right. again, Robbie. We'll All see right. you next Bye-bye. week. Robbie Campo, yeah, CETO does a great job. And, you know, if, if you never have to use them, great. What an investment you made if you never need CETO. But if you do, whew, boy, you'll really save some money. And, of course, you got peace of mind knowing that. We'll talk more about them a little bit later. All right, well, we got a break coming up soon. Did want to remind you about the 25th Annual Archbishop Rummel Alumni Fishing Rodeo. You don't need to be a student. Don't need to be alumni. It's open to everyone. And it's going to be right down there at Shell Beach where we were just talking to Robbie Campo. It's set for August 6th and 7th, $35 ticket for the adult. That gets you the T-shirt, the food, uh, all the uh, prizes that will be drawn for. And for kids 12 and under, there's a $15 ticket. That includes everything they need, registration, food, drink, the T-shirt. Weigh-in is going to be that Saturday, August 7th, from noon to 2 p.m. at Campos Marina. And, of course, uh, you know, if you're going to sign up, you got to do it pretty soon. There is a deadline the Thursday night before, and you can do it online. It's very simple. Go to rummelraiders.com and look under events and fishing rodeo, and all the information you need is right there. Unfortunately, I will not be there, and I'll explain why a little bit later on the show. But coming up next, in fact, right after this three-minute pause, we have a guest reporter filling in for Jeff Brule. We got Joel Masson coming up with the Freshwater Fishing Report. Stay tuned for it right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque. It's brought to you by Pure Fishing and their Abu Garcia products. And they're introducing this year the future of fishing's new name. And it's Jordan Lee, the Alabama born and raised two-time Bass Classic champion. And those Jordan Lee combos has a new line of rods and reels with specific rod models, as well as low-profile and spinning reels. These products are dialed in for the bass angler. Check them out. It's a product of Abu Garcia, a division of Pure Fishing. And Jeff Brule is normally filling in this time, but right now we've got a special guest reporter, a familiar voice to many of you, Joel Masson. And let me introduce him as the winner of this week's Covington Wednesday Evening Bass Tournament. Uh, congratulations, Joel. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. It was it was quite a tournament, and uh, fortunately, the the ball bounced my way and came out with a with a win in that tournament. Well, congratulations! I tell you, it's been tough. In fact, not only the Chifuncta, but all of the North Shore rivers with all this rain we've been having, it's got them high and muddy and some some pretty tough conditions. But uh, you must have unlocked the key. What bait were you using, and uh, what was the technique? Yeah, you're right. The, the Chifuncta was an absolute mess. When we when I crossed over it on Wednesday when the tournament was, I was like, man, it's, it's going to be a tough tournament. And it sure enough was. In fact, I think only about half the anglers uh, weighed in fish. It was just it was a tough event. When the water gets that muddy, you got to find something that's a little bit better, a little bit better water, and that's what we did on Wednesday. We found we basically fished off of the main river. We had to get out of that filth. And the water we were fishing in was probably about five, six inches of visibility. 
which isn't great, but it was better than what we had. And what we were throwing was a was a shaky head, and a lot of people. That's a great bait this time of year. The 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 water gets really really hot, and so those shaky heads really perform well. It's really a finesse technique, and the the fish really really like it. We had a pretty unique situation there. What we were doing, the current was running super hard from all the rain that we had. And so we were kind of fishing it almost like a West Pearl situation where we were finding current breaks from trees and logs and throwing right behind the current breaks. And the fish were staging up right there. And we actually caught three uh, fish out of one one drain, which, which is really good because that tide was falling. So all the bait was coming out of those drains and we were able to catch them like that. And then at the end of the tournament, ended up catching a couple fish on a, on a buzz bait. So really, really fun tournament, and that's a great pattern for any time it rains, which we've been getting a lot of rain here recently. If you can find that water flowing quickly, you can fish up against those cypress trees and find those current breaks, and that's usually where the fish are holding. Uh, Joel, I know you told me you usually fish from the back of the boats. Were you in the back of the boat, Lindsay? I was, yeah. I was fishing behind uh, behind Pete LeBlanc, who's a a great angler. Um, he uh, he's one of the guys that he's been fishing those club tournaments for a while, and he was kind enough to let me fish on the back of his boat. So shout out to him, and definitely couldn't have couldn't have done it without him. Well, that makes it even sweeter when you do it from the back of the boat. Again, congratulations. Joel, let's talk about some of these areas. Uh, what, what can you tell us about the Chef Pass area? That's become a pretty popular spot for bass over the last few years. Yeah, the Chef Pass area right now is I actually just made a trip there yesterday afternoon, and we fished in the marsh. And the marsh fishing right now there is, is decent. I'm not going to say it's great because it's not. you got to – be willing to work for your fish, make a lot of casts, and uh, be happy with, you know, maybe a one-man limit of bass instead of traditionally in, in like, the spring, you'll get, you know, you'll catch 30, 40, 50 bass. But right now, the water temperature is hot, um, so the fishing's not off the charts over there, but it is good. You can definitely make a decent box of fish. One thing that, that Jeff Rule did, uh, I think it was on Sunday, he went and fished the rock. Fish the rocks by the MRGO and along the ICW and caught fish there on poppers and little bitty um, chad looking baits like a spinner bait. He fished the, the Bieveny lock as well. And along the Bieveny lock, he caught some schooling fish on spinner baits. So if you're looking to go in that area, I would definitely not pass up the chance to go to those rocks. Uh, the fish in there can be good, especially if you go in the morning early and get kind of that top water bite, that's that's really a good good thing to do right now. And, the, you know, the bass there are not big. You're going to have a bunch of 10 to 12-inch bass, but they're really great to eat, and they are phenomenal to catch. Jeff said he had an absolute blast. So that's one thing to do right now, go fish with rocks, or you can fish in the marsh. Yesterday we fished uh, some marsh drains, and that's where we found most of our fish were just in those, in those drains. That water was falling. We did go in the afternoon yesterday which makes it a whole lot uh, better just because you have that fall of time in the afternoons this time of year and so those drains really become super super productive and that's one good thing to do also got a report from the the basin the chafuai it's around four feet chafuai river now there is a, a little bit of a jump coming in the mississippi river it is gonna kind of stay about you know it's going to jump about a foot in the next week or so. 
but that shouldn't mess up the fishing too bad. And really the best thing to do there is just to focus on uh, the deeper waters. This time of year, like I said, it's really hot, and you want to fish a lot of those bottom baits and uh, try and find some current as well. That's, that's a great option. Very good. Uh, while we're talking in that area, there's a Ascension area a bass tournament coming up, and I believe they made a change in, was it the date or some something they had to, we had announced it with Jeff a while back, but I think there's some change coming up with that tournament. Yes, the the date is, is going to be different. Now it's going to be on Sunday, August 15th. So people need to make note of that. But it's going to be out of Daron's Landing. And really the, the boundary there, you can't go south of Highway 90, but it's going to be out of there, and it's safe light till 3 p.m. 75% payouts from the anglers, and you've got 50 boats. It's a $1,000 payout for first, and if there's 100 boats, it's $2,000 for first. So good payouts there, and if you're in that area, you like to fish that area, definitely want to make note of that and, and attend it. Joel, we got to congratulate uh, the sponsor of, of this uh, segment, uh, Pure Fishing. Uh, they uh, have, you know, all quite a few lines of different baits and one of their power baits called the gilly was named best of show at the iCast uh, show going on over there in orlando florida right now and it's very unusual that a bait has i don't know if a bait has ever won i think it's been a lot of years since a, a particularly a soft bait has won the best of show which means you know they've got all these different categories i think they were up against almost 30 other categories and that bait was named the winner and we have a picture of it both on my Facebook page and at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. If you would describe it, and, and what, what is your opinion on it? What do you think, it, if it'll work in some of these areas we have here? Yeah, it's funny. I, I was actually just looking at that a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, man, that's a great-looking bait. And then I checked it out this week, and it actually won Best of Show. So it's pretty awesome. One of the great things about the, the Berkeley, the Gilly, is – it's it's extremely realistic. That's kind of its calling card. It's extremely realistic. It really looks like an actual bluegill. And the cool thing they did with with one of the a lot of those soft bodied swim bait bluegill things, they're uh, they're they're jointed. But this one is actually it's got a scale shaped ribs that provide movement. And so the ribs kind of catch water and really make the bait move in a unique way. It's, it's really a cool design. They've got it in three different sizes, a 90 millimeter, a 110, and a 130. So it's kind of small, medium, and large, whatever size bluegill are the forage at that particular time. That's the size you want to use. They've got six HD colors, which is going to be like your replicas of, say, a bluegill or a chinkapin or something like that. It's going to look like one of those. They've also got six traditional colors, so that's kind of more like your June bugs, uh, your black and blues, things like that. So whatever color you're uh, you're going to be wanting, they they kind of got it for you. And then they're going to retail for around six fifty to seven fifty, depending on the HD colors are a little bit more expensive, just because the process is more extensive. But they're going to retail for six fifty to seven fifty on Tackle Warehouse, and you can actually pre-order them on Tackle Warehouse. Tackle Warehouse says it'll be available in October. Berkeley saying more of the winter, but anyway, in the next few months you'll have those baits just for the fall. And, and really, one of the things that's cool about that bait is it's very versatile to rig. It's you can fish it Texas rigged, you can throw it on a swim bait hook, 
you can put it on a jig head. There's a lot of different things, and, and that's the Texas rig is probably going to be the way I fish it. So just instead of flipping like a worm or something, you can flip this bluegill if you're getting some heavy mats. It's a pretty, pretty cylindrical, not cylindrical, but it, it doesn't have a whole lot of appendages to it. And so if you get into yeah. heavy mats, you can really, um, it's not going to get hung up on the grass and stuff. It's going to really kind of go through that cover. And it's a, it's a really cool bait. You definitely got to go check it out. And I'm excited to fish some for sure. Yeah, it's the gilly. Be on the lookout for it. Joel, uh, Jeff normally gives us a tip, and I know you got one. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll wrap up with a quick tip on fishing, uh, freshwater fishing. We're doing it with Joel Masson this morning. We'll be right back after this timeout. And we have Joel Masson on the line with us. He's giving us our freshwater report, filling in for Jeff Brule, who's uh, taking off this Saturday. Uh, uh if you would, run down a tip for us. Uh, normally uh, we talk about baits on this program, and uh, I've got people texting in with some answers on their one bait. If they only had one freshwater bait to use for the rest of their life, what it would be. And I'll get to some of those interesting ones in a minute. But uh, I believe you got a tip for us on the old buzz bait, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, you're right. Buzz bait fishing is absolutely probably i'd probably put it number one as the best way to catch a fish there's so much fun but the tip is i i like a, a quarter ounce buzz bait to start off really for most things especially here on the north shore the quarter ounce is really a versatile size you can reel it slower than you can at three eighths and i really feel like that's the key now the trick that that i do in all my buzz baits i never throw them without a trailer i always put a trailer on the buzz bait and there's a couple of reasons for that number one when you when you think about it you got a trailer on there you got a soft plastic on there like i, I like a swim bait a lot when that fish comes up and grabs a, a skirted buzz bait he doesn't have anything to grab onto it's just a skirt and a hook where if you have a trailer on there and a soft plastic he's got some meat to grab onto and it feels a lot more natural and the fish hold on to it a lot better i've tested this many times seen it tested before done it myself and it's a huge difference when you have a trailer on there versus not the trailer when they hold on to it longer you can get a lot better hook set on them you don't have to worry about them just spitting it out instantly and that's kind of one of the things with buzz baits a lot of people think that it's a bad hookup ratio you, you lose a lot of fish on it you miss a lot of fish on it and i've, I've found my hookup ratio to go absolutely through the roof when you throw that trailer on there it's, it's really it's a great thing to do and I never, ever, ever throw them without a trailer. And the other good thing with doing that is when you have a soft plastic on there, especially like a flatter one, like a swim bait, or maybe like a, a biffle bug or something like that, you're able to skip the buzz bait. And that's very, very important, especially when you're in pressured areas, like say the Chifuncto or the Pearl, where, where everybody and their grandmother's throwing a buzz bait. You've got to do something that's different. You've got to be very good at casting. And making those better casts when you're skipping the buzz bait is so important. So, absolutely, I uh, would definitely throw a trailer. My favorite trailer is a raised swimmer, the 3.75 inch. But uh, any any of them will work. And that is a great tip to know when you're throwing a buzz bait. Always throw it with a trailer. That's some good stuff, Joel, and I'm, I'm with you. If I'm a miss a fish, I'd rather miss him on a buzz bait. It's a fun bait to watch while you're fishing it. Yeah. Thanks so much for filling in for Jeff. You did a great job. We really appreciate it, Joel. All right. No problem. Look forward to talking to you soon, and have a great weekend. All right. Joel Masson filling in for Jeff Brule. 
All right, uh, we're asking you, what is the one go-to bait that if you could only fish with one for the rest of your life for freshwater with Tom, what would it be? Uh, getting a lot of answers here. I got one, the uh, Rapala floating black and silver minnow. Used it for a lot of years. That's Ed Miller listening to us over in Wilmer, Alabama. Do you say Rapala or Rapala? I said Rapala for years and I was corrected by someone who said, no, it's pronounced Rapala. I think it's either way. It can be crappy or crappy. I think it's Rapala or Rapala. We all know what bait we're talking about. All right, text me your favorite freshwater bait, and you can do that at 504-260-1870. We're back right after this quick 10-second pause on the outdoors with Don Dubuque. All right, checking some more of those once-for-a-lifetime baits. Uh, We've got someone says a jig. That's a Mississippi listener, just a simple jig. And then we have a silver spoon with top beads and a treble hook. I just like them. Sometimes the fish do, too. Yeah, I guess there's some baits we love to throw, even though we're not as successful with them. Now, the silver spoon, I kind of tend to think that, well, it could go either way. It's one of those ones that fishes freshwater, saltwater. But fishing those redfish with spoons is also productive, too. But I like the gold better than the silver. All right, tell us your favorite one. That's 504-260-1870 or anything else you got, who you are, where you are, and what you got going on this Saturday morning. We'll be back to get to some more of your texts. Got some announcements. We got fishing reports. We got bad boys. We got good boys. We got all kinds of stuff because you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Hi, we're asking you to text us your one time, if you could only have one bait, one type of bait, to fish fresh water for the rest of your life, what would be that choice? What's your go-to bait? Uh, text it to us at 504-260-1870. Uh, we got this one coming in from Justin, the duck guy with the Bayou Region Shooters. He likes the old rattle trap, and he's getting ready for another concealed carry class. Uh, we have another texter, unnamed, that uh, says a half-ounce brown arky jig with the Uncle Josh pork frog trailer. I don't think that many people use the old pork frog trailers anymore but they were really popular at one time here's one that says only one bait simple brown and purple war eagle jig rigged with a berkeley green pumpkin jigger char mark jigger craw that's a mouthful right there and here's one with an lol live crickets all right that's cheating now we told you it had to be artificial got to be plastic or steel or metal all right here's one then and i kind of agree with this this is uh a blue and white jig with a grass shrimp on it, and has been uh, best all around for me for crappie and everything else here in southern Louisiana. It is a very versatile bait. The only thing I would say for everything is if you're using the little small ones that you use for the uh, white perch or the crappie, uh, it might be tough. To, uh, sometimes those bass will straighten the hook out on those little ones if you get a pretty good-sized bass. All right, here's one that's a question. Uh, the new fishing hunting license is on regular computer paper. You can make copies. If someone kills the deer and tags it, then goes home and never got checked, he can throw the tag away and has another copy to shoot another deer. What was the reason to change the license? Well, you know, the, of course, there's another part to that is you, you technically you are legally bound to report and validate that tag, that tag by calling a number or going online and asking, answering the questions of when and where it was killed, the date, and the tag number, which would, you know, cancel that tag. But as you say, with computer paper, you can, uh, if you don't get stopped, you just throw it all away. You don't validate it, 
And, of course, you know, we don't live in a perfect world. And if there's ways to cheat, people will do it. And, uh, it's you know, it's, I think it's still better than the old honor system where you had six deer a year and there were no tags and no validation or anything else and nobody knew who was doing what. But the thing that people need to remember is it's, uh, it's your own vested interest to abide by the laws. They're there for good conservation. All right, we have another vote for a lure. It says, uh, first, my lure would be, the blue and white, another blue and white, but this is the jig. All right, then we have, uh, that's from Dixie George from the Dixie Ranch uh, Management Club over in Lacombe. Says he's been hunting 40 years and he never saw this before, a hog wearing a life jacket. Make the rain stop. That may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but not too far from the truth, I can tell you that. All right, uh, here's one that says, I'm a longtime listener, even though I am by no means an outdoorsman. Your show is very educational in the sense it helps me with good conversations at work with good friends. Thank. That's from Mike V. Well, Mike, that that's one of the uh, the, the highest compliments I think. Is someone says I don't hunt, I don't fish, but I just enjoy listening. We got a lot of people like that. I guess you find it entertaining and informational. But uh, if you ever get the chance, step outside. You may uh, continue to go back again and again. All right, we have our buddy Justin who is in the Gentilly Refuge in New Orleans. Uh, he loved the Bayou Wild TV this morning. What are we running? Oh, yeah, we're running a, kind of a recap on the Alaska Cajun invasion. Boy, Chris Lecoq did an excellent job with uh, videography on, on that feature. He watches it on uh, Channel 54. Uh, it's My 54 WUPL out of New Orleans. It comes on just before this show every Saturday morning. And if you want to find out all the listings and stations, uh, just go to our webpage at BayouWildTV.com. But Justice says the wildlife there is active. Uh, maybe it might be this big buck moon. That's what they're calling this big full moon that's out right now, a buck moon. And he says the feral cats keep the snakes away. Well, you know, somebody's got to be there to get the rats. Feral cats and snakes do a pretty good job, too. Sometimes they work as a, a tandem. All right, text us your message, 504 and we'll be back to talk about some more of those uh, favorite baits and get some more fishing reports. In fact, we got one coming up from where there's a lot of activity this morning down on Grand Isle, the site of the annual Grand Isle International Tarpon Rodeo, the oldest saltwater fishing competition in the world. We'll be right back with Daryl's report after this. And there is a huge party going on at Grand Isle. This is the weekend of the annual Grand Isle International Tarpon Rodeo, the oldest uh, fishing rodeo, saltwater that is, in the nation. Let's talk to Captain Darrell Carpenter because I'm sure he's got some traffic issues going on down there if he's had to drive on the road. Darrell, you've been staying off the road and staying on the water this weekend? I haven't left my house unless I've been by boat, Don. But I understand it's not all that bad. It's not all that crowded. It's not. It's it's not a bumper crowd, from what I understand. But uh, but a few of them did survive the debauchery last night. Uh, I know, cause I got three rugged-looking ones on the boat this morning. So. <laughs> but uh. Well, but, that's uh, all part yeah. of it. What are you gonna do with them? Where are y'all going fishing this morning? The way this wind, and I hope you can hear me, but the way this wind's blowing out of the northwest, we're almost just—I mean, you're either going up in the marsh red fishing pretty much, or you're gonna be, you know, delegated to go fish that mar- uh, the beach, which has been the one word. If you had to describe it in one word, I'd say inconsistent. Uh, water's been beautiful. One day, it, now you got to remember, we talk about this about once a month. We're fishing under a full moon right now. And that's not something I like to do to trout. Um, 
but you know, it seems to be more than just a bite. But one day, one day you're going up there and you're just slamming them. The next day you're hunting all all day long up and down that beach and and inconsistent goes with the bait. I mean, yesterday we had all fish. Yesterday we had uh, you know, finger mullets, croakers, that kind of stuff, with no shrimp. And the only people that seemed to have cut, caught decent boxes of fish were all on shrimp. And you know that kind of holds true with us. The majority of the fish we caught were not plastic. They just did not want the croakers and the finger mullets yesterday. These fish can't make up their minds from one day to another. Um, a whole lot of redfish at the close end rigs, they are about to be on that beach. You know, it's about a week or so ago because the close end rigs are just covered with redfish. Some, some slot size, and, you know, a lot of them are right over that 27 mark. Uh, we fished the beach earlier this week. I mean, I'm sorry, we fished the marsh earlier this week for redfish. And just an example of, of what, I guess, a, a prime example of what's taking place. We were up kind of halfway between Grand Isle and Feet. And uh, we were catching redfish right alongside Daryl, thank you for the report. You're breaking up pretty bad there. That wind sounds like it's uh, kind of giving you all some trouble there. So I hope you all do well on the inside and get some of those redfish, and we'll catch up with you next week. All right, Don. Thank you. All right. That's Daryl Carpenter. You want to get in touch with him, you can find him on his website. It is real, like the fishing reel, screamers.com, or you can give him a call at 225-937-6288. Uh, it's called realscreamers.com. All right, uh, down in that area, uh, a fish that, well, used to be very common, and then uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service said that these fish got in trouble, so now they are highly regulated. I'm talking about the trigger fish. And uh, the trigger fish are getting ready to reopen in Gulf waters this coming Thursday, July 29th. Uh, they have an assigned quota, just as the snapper do. And, uh, the, of course, the limit on these fish is only one per person, and that's in the aggregate total of uh, a mix of some of the other snappers. You'll find all that in the regulations. And they have to be a minimum size of 15 inches to the fork. When we say the fork, that's the break in the tail where it splits. If it's 15 inches from the tip of the nose to the fork of the tail, it's a legal fish. You know, I mentioned this, uh, I don't know, it was last week or week before, but the triggerfish got its name for a certain reason. I was wondering if anybody knows the history of the name of the triggerfish. It's a pretty interesting thing, and I did a demonstration one time on, on camera, and I was looking over some old footage, and I saw it again, so I thought I'd bring it up. If you know why the triggerfish is called such, uh, send me a text, 504-260-1870. we got some other text messages coming in, too, on the choice of the baits. Here's one that says, a chartreuse color sparkle beetle. I, I'm i sure you could catch freshwater fish with it, but that would be unusual for freshwater. That's a much more common saltwater fish for, like, the speckled trout. Anyway, if you got one, uh, send it to us. we got a, Sophie says, a culprit tequila sunrise. That's a worm. And, uh, yeah, that's a good one, too. That's pretty 
pretty common fare and uh, good. You can fish that just about all year long. All right, we got some more questions and comments. We'll be back with all of that after the top of the hour break. Got more fishing reports. Mike Gallo and uh, Brendan Bayard with a paddles report. Ryan Lambert's down in Plaquemines Parish. All that's coming up, plus a second time around, Bad Boy the Outdoors. Coming up after the break. See you then. And good Saturday morning. Welcome back to just another day in paradise here along the great Gulf Coast. All right, this morning we're asking you to text in to 504-260-1870 along with your comments and questions. Uh, What would be the one bait that you would have to have if you were only limited to one freshwater bait for the rest of your life? Here's one that says, I love a good buzz bait. I'm sure a lot of people agree with that. We were just talking to Joel Masson about the old buzz bait. Fun way to catch fish and effective too. Uh, here's one says a small Rapala or Rapala, however you want to pronounce it, fire tiger crankbait. I caught five different species of freshwater fish in one day on Lake Waggisback in the spillway off that bait. Well, I can understand why it's your favorite. It's very versatile. Here's one, uh, my lord choice would be a classic blue beetle spin. It's a nostalgic pick. Caught my first fish, a bass, uh, back on one of the canals off of Lake Catawachi or Salvador back in 1974 with his late grandfather and dad. That's David Hubble. And those memories stick with you, don't they? Here's a question from Gabby and JP. Is bow fishing hurting the redfish population? They are being targeted morning, noon, and night. Thank you, Gabby and JP. You know, a lot of people are under that misconception, but if you look at the numbers, the stats, on how many people fish redfish with a rod and reel as opposed to those with a bow and arrow, it is minuscule. It is a very small part of the overall take. And another argument is, well, you know, how do you know what size it is? And once you shoot it, you can't release it. Well, good judgment is what it called for. But, again, how many small redfish are gut hooked with a treble hook with a shrimp on it in the, in the fish's belly or the gills? And you release them, but they're not going to survive. So in the whole scheme of things, Bow fishing is not a threat to the redfish population. If it was, there'd be some action taken. All right, here's one. Uh, let's see. It says a worm, just plast- plain old plastic worm. Yeah, that's certainly a good, versatile bait. And with regard to people cheating on the deer tags, uh, Deb up north says, I have to work at the pharmacy, but I will get to listen. Have a great show. If there's a way, people will cheat. Deb up north. Is that the Deb used to work with me in radio? Text me back if it is. I'm not sure which Deb up north that is. All right, here's a good morning. It's Delacro Red. This is a new listener with a new name. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you at the CCA banquet this week. He and his buddies won a bow fishing and an inshore trip doing the live auction. Good times to come. Yeah, it was great meeting you and your gang, too. Hope you all have a very successful bow fishing trip. All right, here's one that says, uh, this is from our buddy Mark up in Baton Rouge. No, this is Mark from Pearl River. Beetle spin will catch just about everything. The Mark in Baton Rouge says he's practicing in his hunting clothing he'll be wearing. He's, uh, his favorite freshwater lure is the Senko Green Pumpkin, providing I buy several bags. He's getting ready for bow hunting. Got seven good carbon arrows uh, tipped with 100 grain inserts, 100 grain cut on contact broadheads. And he'll be practicing in his hunting clothing that he's going to be wearing. Good tip. You know, you practice in a T-shirt and shorts in the summer, and then you all bundled up in winter. Uh, got some adjustments, and uh, you know, bow hunting is uh, is very, very precise. You got to you got to be right with a bow. 
All right, here's one that says dorsal fun, but I think they meant dorsal fin with regard to the definition of a trigger fish. And let me get to that a little bit later on. You, 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 you're around there. You, you're close if that's your answer. And we have a vote for a blue and chrome rattle trap. I tell you, that's my favorite trolling lure for speckle trout. But as far as fresh water, uh, yeah, it worked in fresh water. That's what they were originally designed for. All right, here is uh, Sidney Batson wondering what town we go to out of fishing in Alaska. He's going in 2022 looking for a reputable guide near me, uh, Seward, for halibut. Um, yeah, if I tell you, it's coincidental on this week's Bayou Wild TV, look at it. We stay in a town called Soldatna, and from there we go all down the Kenai Peninsula. And on this week's show, we show just about every type of fishing you can do in Alaska. We fish for all the different salmon. We go offshore. We went to we go to Seward. Uh, we also uh, fish around the Cook Inlet for the halibut. But uh, Soldatna is the town we stay, and if you're looking for all-around Alaska fishing, a Gone Fishing Lodge is the name of the place, and Ralph Crystal, uh, you might check that out. And watch the TV show. It's on this week, and you'll get a lot of tips and information there. All right, I got a lot more texts coming up. We'll get to those a little bit later on. But right now, we've got to take a quick pause, and we come back. Brought to you by Cito is the Mike Gallo, born on the Bayou Fishing Report. Can't wait. Back with it right after this. On on the Bayou Report with Captain Mike Gallo is a presentation of CETO. That's the folks, 179 bucks for a whole year membership. And for that, you get unlimited fuel drops, 24-7 tow-ins, jump starts for electrical problems, whatever it might take to get you back safely. It's like having AAA on the water. Peace of mind for you and your loved ones, and it's one phone call or one click away. Click to CETO.com or call Captain Chris, 504 301 Forty-five, forty-five, and Mike Gallo back from vacation joins us. Mike, how was your first week back fishing, and what's it look like for the weekend? Well, Don, it's uh, it's been rainy and had a little bit of west wind, which is you know not our favorite direction. Uh, but it's been a productive week. I find that the fishing is best early in the morning. And where have you been fishing, Biloxi Marsh? Been mainly fishing the Biloxi Marsh, uh, the perimeter of the marsh. The water's a little dirty from the west wind and the rains. So we've been fishing more in the marsh. The shrimp under a cork has been very productive. Um, you know, if you're trout fishing, I would say go go more east. Go towards Bay Boudreau and further in towards Fishing Smack Bay. There's been some birds diving. Uh, you can weed through some of the smaller fish. And there's been some speckled trout that have been nice keeper-sized fish. Nothing too difficult to catch, you know, PKO shrimp under a cork or the gulp under a cork has worked really well for the speckled trout. As far as red fishing, that's just simple stuff. Market bait under a cork will do a good job there. Mike, I got a text in from a listener, Daryl, listening to us in Winfield, which is up kind of north Louisiana, wanting to know what's the best time to go red fishing. And I want to get your opinion, but I would think we would need to know whether Daryl is looking for, you know, the the slot reds, the uh, 16 to 27 inches, or is he looking to catch one of those bulls, you know, kind of a bucket list thing. 
because it does vary from year, you know during the year what time to go and where to go for those fish. But let's just say it's typical marsh fishing for redfish. My choice would be October, and I guess that's maybe as much because the, the weather conditions are so nice to be in the marsh in October. But really, you catch redfish 12 months a year. <clears throat> what would be your recommendation is the best time? Well, actually, Don, I like June and I like October. Now, since we don't know what he would really like to catch, I'd say October because you'd have the ability to catch both the slot reds in the marsh or the bull reds along the perimeter of the marsh in more open water. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd have to agree with you, and that, that is you can catch those big ones in the marsh. And I tell you, that's a lot of fun when you catch a bull red in shallow water where he's got that traction, you know, you don't in for a fight. And nobody knows that better than the kayak guys because they call that the sleigh ride. They'll actually pull you around in a kayak. be kind of hard to pull them around in your bay boat, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, we have followed a few with the trolling motor when you have someone <laughs> fishing light line and, you know, maybe not that good at fighting a bigger fish. We'll, we'll chase them down a bit to sort of help the angler land that big fish. But you're correct. Those big ones in shallow water certainly put up a real good fight. Well, Mike, if you had someone that said, look, I know the redfish are jumping in the boat and a lemon is practically a guarantee this weekend, but we just want speckled trout. And it doesn't matter, you know, but that's what we want to target. What would you suggest to them to do this weekend? Well, I, I, I would hit the Wars Bay Boudreaux like we talked about, and I would set up with either live shrimp. If I could get live shrimp, that's always a positive. But live shrimp or the TKO shrimp or the Berkeley Gulp, about two to two and a half feet under a cork, and I'd head towards Bay Boudreaux and further east and southeast, towards fishing smack bay and we'd look for birds to start if i found birds obviously we'd fish by the birds and a lot of times people fish in the center right where the birds are if you're close enough to where you can cast in either direction try to cast along the outskirts of the birds and sometimes the bigger fish will hang out on the outer edges of those schools of fish that are attacking schools of shrimp if I didn't find any birds, I'd fish current lines along points. We have a real big tide this weekend, so you should see some dedicated current lines. And you're looking for shell bottom or sand bottom. Those will be areas where those trout have probably been staging to spawn, and they'll obviously spawn around the full moon during this time of year. So you're trying to target those particular fish and spawners are all keepers because they're over 12 inches. Very good. Well, Mike, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, and uh, whether they're in town or out of town, you got the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge, the expanded version, and you got enough boats to take a small crew or a large crew, uh, they'll find you on my website at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Give them your site if they want to go there direct or give you a phone call. Very simple. You can find me at AAofLA.com. Or on social media under Angling Adventures of Louisiana, or you can call me at 985-781-7811. All right, Michael, good luck, my friend, and we will catch up with you next time. Sounds good, Don. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Captain Mike Gallo, we call it Born on the Bayou Fishing Report, presentation of CETO. Coming back after this. 
We got a report especially for those of you who like to get up close and personal. They fish out of a kayak, pirog canoe, Tom Sawyer raft, plastic floating, whatever you got to get to them, uh, we can help you out. Brendan Bayard's next with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club's Paddler Report. And our Paddler's Report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. They have locations in Mid-City of New Orleans, in Baton Rouge, in Covington. You'll find the best kayak fishing models like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and the Native Watercraft. You can visit the website, see all the products, and that is at MasseysOutfitters.com. Also, you can check them out on Facebook. And they've got a demo day scheduled for August the 7th. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's going to be at the Deutsches House, which is on Moss Street. It's right there on Bayou St. John. Great place. They lay out the kayaks, jump in one, and try it before you buy it. Again, that's August 7th from 10 to 2 uh, at the Deutsches House on uh, Moss Street, which runs parallel to Bayou St. John in New Orleans. All right. uh, Joining us now is Brendan Bayard. And, uh, Brendan, uh, tell us a little bit about fishing. But first, let's talk about that fall and tide tourney that's coming up and Anybody that wants to get involved in it, what's involved as far as uh, what are you fishing for, the cost, and how do you sign up before it gets filled up? Yeah, this year is pretty exciting, Don. We are actually a Hobie World's qualifying event. So uh, they don't just give those kind of tournament classifications out to anybody. You kind of have to prove yourself over a long period of time. We've kind of submitted for a while to get one of those denotions for our, our, our tournament, and we've finally been approved. And so the guys at Hobie will come down. They'll kind of help run the tournament. It'll be through Tourney X Angler on the app where you'll submit your fish with a ruler. And um, basically the uh, the winner of that will get a bid to go to the next Hobie World Challenge, which, you know, internationally would be a, a pretty awesome thing to, to experience. But at the same time, uh, you know, the fishing that they usually pick is, is something world-class as well. So, uh, we're excited to have that. That's going to be in on the weekend of uh, October 23rd. So uh, we're we're limited to the first 200 anglers that sign up. And I think we're already around 130 or 140 or so. So uh, sign up if you want to be a part of that. We're going to have three days worth of uh, of cooking and activities, kind of club activities for that event. So you come down, you'll get uh, your tourney entry and you'll get fed for Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday. Uh, pretty great deal, if you ask me, and uh, the prizes are going to be uh, awesome as well. I think we're probably going to have a, a Hobie 360 for the winter and, and all kind of other great prizes for all the different categories. That sounds wonderful. Then they can find out all the information and sign up at the bckfc.org, correct? Yes, sir. And we also have the Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, mm-hmm. you can search for uh, Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, and, and you'll find that group as well. All right, tomorrow's your fishing day. Where are you going, what you're hoping to catch, and how you plan on doing it? Yeah, I was kind of staying away from uh, the island uh, for the Tarpon <laughs> Rodeo crowd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, big so, crowd. Yeah, I'll hit it tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go over to Bell Pass area. Uh, got the uh, yard pass. I'm going to just go out. No kids, just uh, – paddle kind of far I'm, i might paddle all the way to pinron i'm looking uh to catch uh star trout of course 
And then uh, bull reds, just for fun. Uh, a lot of times during the year, you'll find them on the beach, and uh, I always have a, a big rod with me in case I run across some of those. Those are always fun to catch, just uh, to get towed around a little bit, kind of remind you of why you fish in a little tiny kayak and uh, go for big fish. It's uh, it's always a fun perspective to be out there fishing for big fish. Uh, but the beach is great for red or, or for trout. Uh, a lot of people are still catching some nice quality trout. We had uh, I had a a good friend take off work and go out there uh, to Elmer's this week and caught some uh, some trout almost to four pounds. He was just wade fishing, wasn't even in his kayak. But he was like, you better bring that kayak next time you go, Brendan. You might catch that star trout when you're out there. So that's <laughs> right. what I'm doing. Yeah, it's a great warm-up for the big uh, Ride the Bull that's coming up next month. In fact, we have a uh, next week on Bayou Wild TV, we'll be running that uh, Ride the Bull uh, 10-year documentary feature that we've done on it. So if people want to see what that Ride the Bull is all about, there's a sneak preview of that coming out. And I strongly suggest people sign up for that. Brendan, did I see you have a kayak for sale someplace? Or has it been sold? Oh, it it already sold. <laughs> Oh, shucks. I, I was going to try to yeah. help somebody get a bargain. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, whenever those things go up for sale, they're, uh, you know, they uh, they fly, it seems, because, uh, you know, everybody posts on the group. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the great thing about buying a kayak is uh, you buy a kayak and, and you use it for a couple of years, and a new model comes out, you really don't lose much of your investment. So uh, I would uh, encourage anybody who's thinking about it uh, to do it because it's, it's not a, you know, as financially hard of a decision as getting a boat, and you certainly don't lose that much money after you've enjoyed it for a while. So, uh, I would no depreciation is not much on a on a kayak for sure. No. Uh, also, now, might, west, the body uh, might. De- okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you were saying out west. Uh, got something going yeah, on? Yeah, out west. Uh, west Cove is uh, kind of the place to go if you wanted to fish. This time of year, what I like to do is I like to go early in the morning, fish reefs and the banks and stuff. And then after a few hours, I'll make my way towards the uh, the ship channel. And on that on that ship channel, there's kind of like an inner um, kind of depth. And then there's a side depth where it like has a shelf, if you will, that goes up to about uh, 15, 12 feet. And uh, usually in the kind of once the sun gets up, I'll, I'll find a lot of times I'll catch a lot of trout. Uh, I'll just throw tandem rigs or uh, a, a plastic down at the bottom right there, and I'll, I'll finish up my limit of trout in that ship channel. And that also works if you're over in the LA-1 area, same kind of premise. Those fish kind of hang out if you uh, go over to uh, Bayou Lafouche or you know any other bigger bayou where you're at this time of year. I, I usually find if I can find a nice shelf with like an eddy or something like that, uh, that's a good a good pattern to fish this time of year. And Brendan, where's your your put in spot on West Cove? Where do you put in? Oh, well, I put in at the uh, West Cove launch or at the Hog Island Gully launch. But uh, those those are pretty good paddles. Um, so if you haven't paddled much, uh, you, you might want to go with a buddy there. Uh, you know, maybe I'll do five miles out. Uh, one way when I'm fishing from West Cove. And if I'm going all the way to the spoil bank, which I usually am, that's even further. But if I go towards a ship channel, a lot of times I'll launch at the nor- the northern launch. That's Hog Island Gully. And that puts you right closer to uh, the Long Island Cut that's at, at the top of West Cove. So you'll come in on that top side of West Cove, and then I'll fish that area where it kind of connects to the ship channel 
on that side where the spoil bank is on the, on the north. So uh, I'll, I'll pretty you know, good Brendan, fishing. Yeah. No, I was just going to say uh, I got uh, an invitation uh, from the Coastal uh, Protection and Restoration Authority. They, in conjunction with the Wildlife and Fisheries, is uh, going to be doing a, a boat tour of some of the media for some improvements down in that Point of Shen area. They're using some of the BP oil money, which they've got, and there's going to be a, a new kayak launch that they're putting down there. So that should be pretty interesting for kayak fishermen because you know how popular that Point of Shen area is. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of uh, one of the greatest underlooked areas in the state. I mean, it's got marsh in every direction. Uh, really friendly people down there uh, that that run that kayak launch over there at Point of Shin. So uh, if you want if you want redfish, trout, flounder, I mean that there there ain't no better place than going over there. I mean it's uh, lots of lots of nice marshland around there and. Uh, some of the biggest flounder I've ever caught come out of Point of Shin. It's, it's a great place. It is. Thanks for the report, Brendan. We appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. All right. Brendan Bayard, one of our field reporters with the Paddler's Report. All right. Uh, let's see. We got uh, where are the crabbing spots off the bank? Looking for some good boiled crabs. Well, I'll tell you when I come back. And also, we got a crab story. It's called Our Bad Boys of the Outdoors. Uh, second time uh, this gentleman has been allegedly uh, illegally fishing crabs. His story is next, right after this. All right, we had a text message asking uh, some good crabbing spots off the bank, uh, looking for some good boiled crabs. Uh, Rouse's Seafood, <laughs> I'm kidding. They do have some really good crabs there, but if you want to catch your own, understand. Uh, some places to go, uh, Bayou Lacombe, Lake Road is very popular, although the last report I got, there was uh, some crabs there. They, were, they weren't very really that plentiful, but they did catch some, and they were like a medium size. Uh, the Mandeville Fishing Pier allows crabbing off the pier. No charge to go there. Uh, Grand Isle is a great place to crab. You just got a little bit of a technique there to to wade out there and stretch your two lines between poles and make drop lines with your baits. Or you can always rig a fishing pole and tie on a chicken neck with a float on it and fish them that way in many areas. Also, the road going down to Delacro, uh, that that body of water that runs along the the road right there, uh, you can catch some crabs there. Not quite as good as... uh, some of the ones you'll find around Pontchartrain or Grand Isle, they're going to be a little bit light. But nonetheless, uh, there's plenty of crabs in there. But what you don't want to do is get in trouble with the wildlife and fisheries when you're crabbing, like our bad boy did. And his story is next, right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Friday, July 16th, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Agents Lieutenant Adam Young, Corporal Thomas Forehand, and Senior Agent Austin Landry were patrolling in Cherie in Plaquemines Parish when they observed a man running crab traps. A commercial license and catch inspection found Don Nguyen possessing another fisherman's crab trap on his vessel and numerous traps not properly marked, as well as numerous immature female crabs, for which there is no commercial season, and a container with numerous undersized crabs. Since this is Nguyen's second offense for crab trap theft, If convicted, he's facing suspension or revocation of his licenses, plus 90 hours of community service picking up trash, and is for cash penalties for all his violations, facing $4,750 in fines, plus 
possible 120 days in jail, is 54-year-old Dawn Nguyen of Buras, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoor. That's a lot of money for some crabs. All right, here's uh, another post that comes in. Uh, the go bait is the worm. Weightless, Carolina-rigged, Texas rig. Just can't beat it. Understand. And then also a comment about the triggerfish's name, and we'll get to that later, but right now we've got a quick three-minute pause to do. And when we come back on the other side of it, I'm going to introduce you to the Plastic Man. You know him as Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures. His report's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Yes, indeed. He's one of the, uh, the major consumers of plastics in this country. He consumes plastic decoys. He uses plastic shotgun shells, and he throws a lot of plastic in the direction of fish. Our plastic man is Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures. Ryan, I'm going to post you the same question I've been asking my listeners. If you only had one freshwater fishing bait you could use for the rest of your life, what would it be? And a lot of people probably don't realize that you basically cut your fist, your teeth on uh, on freshwater fishing. That's how you got started and then moved into the saltwater regime, which you've made a, a very successful career of. But what would be the one go-to all-time freshwater bait if you only had one? You know, I, I think, and by the way, I don't consume decoys. That's eating them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they are used, and I've seen some shot up, and they got to be retired anyway. <laughs> yeah. Some of those guys Blake, you got Blake there. Roadrunner. <laughs> the Blakemore Roadrunner, yeah, that's a nice uh, soccer bait. Brim, brim, soccer bass, everything will bite it because if you don't have a small enough bait, you can't catch the brim and soccer So you and, and you can still catch that with bass. But if you was just fishing just bass, I would probably go with a, a, a jig. You know, a jig catches big fish and lots of fish. But uh, if I just one bait for everything, I'd go with a Roadrunner. Gotcha. So how's the fishing been this week down there? You guys finally get a little break from the rain, or has it still been pouring no, no. every now and then all no, week long? Everything that, every day. I thought I was going to get a break yesterday, and one cloud come over the lodge and like to drown me. So <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, the fishing's been all, all good. We've had a lot, that hard west wind, and we're working real really hard. They had some birds working, but so many gaff tops in them. Uh, the, the redfish are so funky right now. I've never seen a redfish funky uh, here like they are right now. You know, you can catch them, but you just can't go pound them like we usually do. You know, it's, what do you account uh, for that? Any Anything that, you know, gives you a little clue on why that might be? No, I don't know, because the bait is so thick. Mullets and pogies and shrimp, everything's way up by the river, you know, from California Point all the way to, uh, to Bay Long. But once you get past that going north to Delacro, there's no mullet, there's no bait. I mean, I went all the way to Oak River yesterday, and, and uh, I was sight fishing reds, and there wasn't an abundance of them. I saw enough to get them, but it just wasn't an abundance like you normally see. You know, like, you know, every pocket might have two that you can catch. You know, you normally you go in there, and there's a little school here or there, and it's a couple of singles, but huh, it was tough. It was tough. We we working hard for the fish. Then on the west side, you know, we, we got that west wind and northwest now. And there's, there's fish on the beach all along, you know, but just you can't do that with a west wind. So we're just having to go with the the wind, and everybody's in one spot. We had 13 boats yesterday. So, you know, Davey got on uh, a good bite of redfish and hammered him really quick and got his limit. And uh, little Ross did good. And then the rest of us we really just had to stay out there and work. As usual, the old man was the last one in. I just like fishing better <laughs> than everybody else. 
<laughs> That's a good excuse. Sure. No, I was on my way in. I said, Let's stop right here and try some trout. You say, guys, really? <laughs> yeah, really. I don't want to go in. All I got to do is work when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad when the customers tell the guide it's time to go, huh? Yeah, but that's, you know, I just like fishing. I just like being out there and doing my thing. So it's all good. How's the river looking? The the river is just staying right where it's at right now. And and about I've been saying this for two months, but it's supposed to start falling here next week and just continue on falling. Every time it does it, we get these floods, but I don't see any big systems going across in the last week. So I think it's really going to fall out this time. I can't wait. You know, the bait's there, and everything's getting getting ready. And, uh, it's incredible. All, all the those the marshes coming alive, all those new projects we built, they got they got willow trees 20 foot high on them in six months. I, I, I don't see how they can grow that fast. I guess all the nitrates in the river is just it's, like, it's just incredible to watch everything grow. So I think if we don't get a storm in here, it's going to be great. And if we do get a storm, we still have the duck potatoes, and that saved me last year. And I think it's going to save me from now on because that food source will be there no matter whether we have a hurricane or not. So uh, it's shaping up. I, I just can't wait to get in the river and throw a crankbait. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, the uh, you, you're talking about the, the vegetation down there, uh, those willow trees. They grow so fast, and, and what you got down there, that's got to be some of the richest soil in the world. That that whole alluvial plain, that river's dumping all that sediment down there, and it's it's filthy rich, and, you know, then you get the vegetation that grows in the winter, it dies back, and it fertilizes it again. There's no surprise that those trees grow that quick. On that project I did with Ducks Unlimited last year, and I looked on my phone, December 9th, I, I took a picture. There's 10,000 willow trees, they're about knee-high. I did a documentary for the Weather Channel this week, and I put the guy on the bank. He took six steps, and I couldn't see him anymore. I mean, completely <laughs> in the forest. I said, that's yeah. just incredible. I mean, they're like 15 foot high already. I mean, it's just amazing how everything is growing. Then then you go on the west side, and it's not so much. I mean, it's pretty desolate over there. So, you know, all my boats yeah. are east again. I got one boat went west. You know, it's got a northwest wind. I was hoping it would come east so I could get on that beach. I've been wanting to go get on that beach with a topwater bait and have some fun. So I well, guess I'll do that this will be week. A little change. Yeah, maybe we'll get yeah. the conditions that'll be right for it. Well, Ryan, uh, tell yeah, them how to get you if somebody you. wants to get a hold of you. Yeah, they go to CajunFishingAdventures.com and check out the, the situation, but it's uh, we some busy. If you need some, some information, just call me on my cell phone at 504 504- Five five nine five one one one, and I'll be happy to try to fit you somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's a busy All right. Year. Well, that's all we can do. Glad it is that way. It beats the alternative. Thanks so much for the You're report, fun. Plastic Man. We'll catch up with you next week. No, you know what the hot bait was this week? You didn't ask. The green sparkle beetle, believe it or not. H&H sparkle beetle, chartreuse with a red dot. That has been hot as a firecracker. <laughs> for a long, long time. For a long, yeah, long but... time. All right, right, we'll see you. There he goes, Captain Ryan Lambert. All right, we come back and get to some more of your text messages. Also, we got a couple of people very close to the answer on this triggerfish. I'll explain that in detail, tell you about a frog, bullfrog bash, and uh, wrap it up right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, checking our text message board. uh, A listener says, do you have any recommendations? Who to call? 
to help survey and stock a neighborhood pond on the North Shore? Would it be someone at Department of Wildlife and Fisheries or LSU Ag? Uh, your best bet would be to contact the LSU Ag Center. Uh, each parish uh, here in Louisiana, they call them county agents. I guess they're really parish agents. Uh, they can give you some advice and direction on the maintenance and construction and pH level of the water and what type of fish to put in. And then you can contact one of these um, fish hatcheries and they actually deliver the fish Uh, they sell both the forage fish like the minnows and also those big hybrid brim they got a lot of really good species that do very well in ponds but i would start with the lsu ag center for sure uh someone wants the name of the lure we've been talking about this morning that won the best in show at icast that's a mississippi listener that would be the gilly by berkeley of pure fishing you can see pictures of it. Uh, look on both places because i got different pictures. There's one on my Facebook page, and then I have three or four in a picture with different colors on my website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. It's basically a swim bait in the shape and color of a brim, so check it out. Uh, here's one of casting a vote for the June Bug Super Speed Cross, the one and only go-to freshwater bait. Uh, here's one, uh, let's see. Likes the blue chrome rattle trap. Works very well for trolling freshwater for bass, and you can catch an occasional large crappie. Uh, getting to the, oh, here's, uh, she says, yes, it is that Deb. I remember walking in Saturday mornings, tons of donuts laid out and coffee. What more do you need at 4 a.m.? <laughs> you got that right, Deb. That was uh, some good old days. All right, um, let's see, the triggerfish. Yeah, we're getting ready to reopen the season July 29th. That would be next uh Thursday, they will be legal, only one per person in the aggregate limit, 15-inch minimum size. And a couple of people were pretty close. One says that the triggerfish can erect its dorsal fins, hence triggerfish. And the other one said uh, it gets its name because its fin resembles a trigger, as I remember. Well, it's kind of close. But, yeah, it's got uh, dorsal fins. Those are the ones on the top of the back. And it's got a big one in the front closer to the head and a smaller one behind it. And if you put your finger, your trigger finger, on that front dorsal fin, you can squeeze and push that thing, and it is not going to bend. But if you move it back to the second dorsal fin and you pull back like you would a trigger on a pistol or a shotgun, and both of those dorsal fins immediately lay down flat. So it's kind of like a safety mechanism and a trigger. So that's the name triggerfish which by the way uh pretty good eating and it's a shame that we're down to only one per person per trip all right coming up how about bullfrogs you like to go frogging well if you are and you're good at it uh, they've got the bullfrog bash coming up at the delta marina it's going to be saturday august the 14th you go frogging uh friday night after dark and the way in will be opening at eight o'clock on saturday morning uh, it's $100 for a four-person team. You pick up entry forms. Go to Delta Marina website, or you can stop down there. It's in Plaquemines Parish and pick up an application, and they're going to have frog race, heaviest frog, top ten frogs, all that stuff. All right, next two weekends, special edition shows. Next Saturday will be the anniversary of this show. Uh, we will Actually, it's on the 29th of July, which is a Thursday. So the 31st show next week will be the very first as we head for 33 years. Been at this for 32 years and glad to do it and hope you enjoy. Then the following week, we're going to be in Thibodeau. We'll be there for the Louisiana Outdoor Writers Association's convention. Uh, They'll be presenting internal awards, and we're going to be presenting the two top fish of the year, which we told you 
was a, 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 a chain pickerel for the fly catch and a 106.2-pound black grouper caught out of Fushon. You'll get to hear the stories from those fishermen and a whole lot more, and we'll see you then with more of what you and I love to talk about each and every Saturday morning on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.